Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Upgrade Podcast, a show where we speak about everything leverage credit. I'm Manesh Patel, a sector lead for Leverage Finance, and today I'm joined by Ramki Mutakrishtian and Daniel Hugh. Ramki leads the leverage finance practice at S&P Global Ratings, and Dan is a senior analyst and a director of S&P CLO Ratings. They recently published an article titled, A Credit Cycle Turn Could Expose Vulnerabilities in the Middle Market. Middle market lending has experienced significant growth in capital inflows, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So, Ramke and Dan, welcome to the Upgrade Podcast. Ramke, let's start with you. Could you provide an overview of the article and middle market growth trends? Sure. So, the article aims to look at the private debt space, uh, specifically profiling companies that operate uh, in the space as borrowers, and and we view this uh, these companies through the prism of our uh, middle market CLOs, where uh, really CLO managers lend to these unrated companies whose loans collateralize the middle market CLOs uh, that S&P rates. So in terms of the growth of the private debt and middle market uh, lending, the general view is that banks have in the last decade or so moved to address the needs of the larger borrowers, leaving a gap for direct lenders to step into and meet the borrowing needs of the smaller and middle market players. And that has picked up tremendously. Um, If you look at the middle market CLOs, the pace and popularity has accelerated uh, the last four or five years. Uh, Since 2017, there's been about 155 middle market CLOs compared to, you know, under 70 in the five years before that. For these middle market CLOs, we provide a credit estimate, which is really an opinion on the credit worthiness of these companies. And last year, we did over 1,500 uh, credit estimates uh, for these companies. And I'll just, you know, uh, close by saying, you know, direct lending to middle market continues to be a growing market. Uh, it provides strong yields and returns. Uh, it's very relationship driven, uh, better documentation and control and their speed of execution. There's still a great degree of um, opacity in this market, just given its private nature. And to a large extent, it depends on the asset managers, their ability to underwrite their portfolio management style, how deep are their relationship with the PE sponsors and their, you know, general sort of ability to navigate through a distressed situation to do effective restructurings. Back to you, Manish. Great. Thank you. And uh, just for the listener, could you distinguish what What's different with middle market lending versus broadly broadly syndicated lending? Sure. I mean, there are several sort of differences, but I'll I'll touch upon a few high-level ones. One is just the number of lenders. Uh, Middle market tends to have, you know, fewer than half a dozen lenders generally, at least the ones we've seen. There are some where there's just been, you know, one or two lenders. Uh, BSL, on the other hand, has several more. In some of the more widely held CLO names, there's been, you know, over 100 uh, BSL managers holding a piece of that loan. Secondly, of course, you know, the size of the transactions for the companies that we reviewed last year in our portfolio, the uh, median EBITDA was about 25 million. uh, And and the, you know, ticket size is a lot more for the BSL transactions. Uh, Covenant and documentation, there's generally better documentation the credit agreements in middle market uh, lending tend to be tighter than what one might see in the broadly syndicated space. Um, Just given the private nature of the middle market, uh, yields tend to be higher. 
a good 150, 200 basis points for a loan relative to their counterpart in the BSL space. Um, and then, of course, there's the issue of liquidity, a lot more liquidity in the secondary market for BSL loans. And, and you know, with middle market, just given the uh, number of players, there's a lot more certainty and predictability. So there are definitely advantages around uh, quicker execution. Great. And a quick question for Dan here. I know CLO lenders are a, a big buyer of middle market loans. Could you describe how, how the size of the middle market uh, CLOs have changed over the last few years? Sure, uh, Manesh. Um, at the start of this year, we have active ratings on about 1,000 U.S. CLOs. And currently, about 13% are middle market CLOs, and the other 87% are BSL. Um, currently, there's about 30 middle market CLO managers. But back a few years ago, middle market CLOs made up less than 10%, maybe 8% of the deals outstanding. And around 2017, 2018, there was a notable increase in the number of middle market deals coming in uh, with a lot of new entrants play coming in as well. Um, in 2020, 27 deals closed uh, during the, pan the year of the pandemic. And in 2021, 41 deals closed with uh, two uh, new middle market entrants uh, during that year. Interesting. I'm curious, are middle market CLO structures different from those of broadly syndicated loan structures? Thanks, Manesh. Structurally, they're, they have similar elements and we're able to use the same criteria to rate both. Um, however, there's significant differences um, there within the underlying collateral. The, the issuers are much smaller in middle market CLOs and a lot of them are unrated. So we do rely on credit estimates for CLO analysis. Um, the credit quality is also very different. Large majority of the middle market uh, portfolios that are, are made up of uh, what's equivalent to a B minus. At the start of 2022, about two thirds of middle market CLO uh, portfolios are in the B minus space, as opposed to about 25% for BSL CLOs. So the portfolios are smaller. Um, they're less diverse with a weaker credit profile as mentioned. Um, however, on the flip side, the assets in middle market CLOs offer a higher spread. They have shorter tenor, and the uh, CLO notes themselves offer higher subordinations, especially at the AAA level. Uh, middle market CLOs, they are, uh, many times they are very unique to the middle market CLO manager, as opposed to a BSL CLO where a lot of the uh, names are broadly syndicated as the name suggests. Great. And, and maybe a, a question for both Dan and Ramke. Dan, how have the middle market CLOs performed? And Ramke, what are you seeing in issuer defaults? So credit quality has improved in 2021. Um, triple C buckets have reduced as a lot of the um, credit estimates that were lowered during the pandemic into the triple C range were raised back to B minus. Um, defaults also have, uh, default exposure within middle market CLOs have declined significantly. That really has allowed the middle market CLOs to really uh, thrive in 2021. Um, both the OC cushions as well as PAR balances have remained remarkably stable during the year. And um, out of the seven ratings that we downgraded in 2020, uh, we raised uh, four of them back to the original rating. So at the start of this year, only three uh, middle market ratings are below the original rating. As opposed to uh, BSL, there's about you know, there's over 270 BSL ratings that are below their, that are currently below their original ratings. Thanks, Dan. Nish, what I'll try and do is uh, provide some 
context for the underlying companies and, and really what drove, um, you know, their uh, credit performance. Uh, so clearly, you know, when the pandemic uh, struck and there were business closures, a lot of the smaller companies that were consumer facing faced uh, liquidity issues and I think uh, made attempts to preserve liquidity, uh, very desperate attempts um, such as reducing payment of cash interest, uh, swapping a portion of uh, cash interest for payment in kind, pushing back scheduled amortization payments to the final maturity date and pushing back maturities. Uh, this resulted in some of the lenders, i.e. CLO managers, getting less than the promise of their original security without, in our view at least, adequate and offsetting compensation. And these were considered to be selective defaults. So we lowered our credit estimate score to SD um, and the overall default rate, which includes both conventional defaults and selective defaults, jumped to as high as 8% during uh, 2020 for all the reasons that I cited earlier. However, as the economy opened and the markets improved uh, and you know these companies were able to access uh, uh, the markets again for liquidity, the uh, number of uh, defaults came down uh, and currently it's trailing at under 2%. Again, this is uh, comparable to the BSL default rates, which is, I think, trailing at under 50 basis points now. Great insight. Ranki, you also lead our credit estimates practice, which rates about 1,500 middle market companies. What have you seen in terms of performance since the pandemic? Thanks, Manish. Uh, you know, just like the larger U.S. Uh, corporations, middle market companies in many sectors uh, saw a remarkable improvement uh, in their performance, which stemmed from pent-up consumer demand, as well as a lot of optimism around business conditions last year. Uh, we saw better earnings uh, and better balance sheet in 2021, and this made a lot of these companies candidates for upgrades that uh, Dan had alluded to earlier. Uh, you know, as was the case with the uh, rating actions in the uh, larger speculative grade market, there were more upgrades than downgrades of credit estimates in 2021. For the year as a whole, there were 142 upgrades and 108 downgrades. A lot of the factors drove the upgrades, uh, improved earnings, better interest coverage. Uh, some companies sold uh, non-operating assets and started to deliver. And we also saw tremendous uh, efficiencies, uh, labor efficiencies and cost control, bringing down SG&A. And... The last point I'll say is that upgrades uh, were across all sectors, you know, uh, reflecting a general sense of overall improvement uh, in the market conditions where the rising tide of business lifted all boats. That's great. Yeah, that, that, that probably explains why we're seeing so much capital inflow into the modal market uh, today. But anyway, I would like to thank both Ramke and Dan for joining today. In the podcast notes, we're going to provide their contact info and a link to their recent middle market article. Also, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. And if you have any questions for me or improvement suggestions, please feel free to contact me at manesh.patel at spglobal.com.